And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Before going into the episode, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode and uh, taking the time to sit down and just listen in on what we got going on here on the podcast today. Uh, a couple of things before we get going into the episode is uh, I want to do a couple ad reads for our sponsors, starting with the DOYC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I'll put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is also full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. Please be sure to sit back, listen in, and enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. Thank you. I'm your host, Joe Mark Raspberry, current strength coach over at Dyer County High School. I have on today Justin Birch, who is the head strength condition coach over at Rigby High School. Yep. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to let Justin introduce himself, where he's been, how do you get into strength and conditioning, and everything else in between. Justin, it's awesome for you to be on the Conjugate Chats, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, man, where to start? I feel like I've kind of bounced around a lot and been through a lot and just I've been doing strength and conditioning full-time for about five years prior to being a strength and conditioning full-time uh being a strength and conditioning coach I was working kind of in a variety of areas so I first had a real estate license that was my first career that I was like thinking that I could go into and got into business and didn't love it um so I went back to school and when I went back to school, I walked on or tried to walk on at Weber State University here, or well, not here in Utah, but it's nearby me. I'm in Southern Idaho, uh, in Northern Utah. Um, I grew up in Utah and tried to go to Weber State and walk on and play football. Uh, that's where I first really had a, like a taste of strength and conditioning was where I was playing there. Um, and then from there, uh, while I was playing football, I had my daughter, me and my wife, uh, were already married. So I've had our daughter and that was during spring ball in 2015. And as a walk on college athlete with a brand new baby, I figured like, this isn't going to work really well. So I went and got a real job as a prison guard and worked as a correctional officer, um, uh, in a prison over in Oregon, actually, where my wife is from, um, worked there for about three years. That was rough. I absolutely hated it. Uh, 
was able to convince my wife to sell our house and go back to school. And so I went back to school at Brigham Young University, Idaho. It's like connected to BYU, if you're familiar with BYU. Um, over here in Idaho, it's in Rexburg, Idaho. I was able to finish my degree there. And while there, that's where I really got into strength conditioning. One of, one of my professors there at, at BYUI had been previously, he was a full-time strength condition coach and wrestling coach at Wabash College. Um, they're a small, I believe they're D3 or NAIA school. And so he was kind of thrust into doing both roles at that school. Uh, he was the head wrestling coach and did strength conditioning for like 10 years or 15 years. Um, he's written some books on strength conditioning specifically for wrestling. Uh, his name is Stephen Kimple. And I, so I took a class kind of as a one-off just for just a fun class because I liked to go to the gym. And so I wanted to learn about strength conditioning and going to the gym. And then in that class, that class we had, I was super blessed because our textbook was the NSA, uh, NSCA's essentials textbook. That's what it was for that class. So I, I got to learn from the book, from the NSCA. Um, and then from him and his experience, because he had a ton of it, uh, I just got to learn like what strength conditioning looks like. So at that time, I was getting close to graduating. Uh, with a degree in exercise physiology. Part of our graduation requirements was to do an internship. So I started looking for internships in strength and conditioning because I, with that class, I'd kind of fallen in love with it. Um, so from there, I, I was able to get an internship. Um, super lucky, like fell into it because I didn't have any previous experience and I didn't know much. I really didn't know anything. I thought I knew a lot, but I didn't know much at all. Um, with the University of Utah and a guy, he's now the director of, of strength conditioning for Olympic sports at the University of Utah. His name's Cody Lockling. He was the internship director at the time. And he's the associate strength conditioning director there at the school. Um, and so I interned with him and with the University of Utah with coaches. Uh, there's Emma Osterman was there and John Webster and Parker Teagle. And, uh, Charles, uh, sorry, she's rock is what they call him, right? He's down at UCF now. He's a basketball strength coach and huge in that. But he, uh, Charles Stevenson and uh, Coach Stevenson, all those guys, they, they're what, like, I fell in love with strength and conditioning. Because until that time, like, I was thinking, you know, I'm going to go into physical therapy and that would be a cool idea. But there at the University of Utah, I was, I was enamored. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. I want to be with these athletes and work with them and see how I can help them. Um, and so I was there at the University of Utah. I was finishing my degree because I was in my last semester. I was finishing my degree online. Um, and while I was there at the University of Utah, the biggest thing, because I was a 26-year-old dad with one kid, a kid on the way, and all of those guys at the University of Utah are like, look, like you're hard worker and stuff, but like you've got to get more experience. So a couple of weeks into my University of Utah stint, I also, I went over to Weber State, which is about an hour away from the University of Utah. I went over to Weber State, talked to their head strength coach there. His name's Derek Krasinski, um, and talked to Chris Fritz, who's the Olympic guy there. And they said, well, just come in the mornings with us. And then... You can drive across town basically and go over to the University of Utah in the evenings. And I was super blessed because they were willing to work with me. So I was lucky enough. I was going early mornings at Weber State for about four hours, give or take, uh, on the given day and what teams they had. And then I'd drive to the University of Utah about an hour away. And then I'd spend six to eight hours at the University of Utah, uh, pretty much Monday through Friday for about six months. And I, I got a really good education on what strength conditioning looks like. Um, from there, from those internships and working what I felt like was working my tail off. And I didn't, I didn't realize that strength conditioning was always going to just be a nonstop 24-7 job. But I, I was like, man, I'm working my tail off. I was super lucky to get a job um, as a graduate assistant at Grand Canyon University down in Phoenix, Arizona. So I, I went down there uh, to Phoenix, Arizona. I thank goodness I have a wonderful wife that has been super supportive because 
GAs don't make any money. Before that, as an intern, I wasn't making any money. My wife was like, she managed the dominoes. Like she worked and did all sorts of things to provide. Uh, and we were, we were super lucky to get by because I just have a super supportive wife. But we, we went down to GCU. We're there for a little over two years and spent full time working with, I was specifically working with swim and dive uh, was my main program and then golf, uh, men's and women's golf, and then the spirit programs as well. Um, and so I was able to learn a lot, work with teams. That's where I really started to develop like as a head coach, as a head strength and use coach, running my own program. What are the things that I value creating kind of my coaching philosophy and my just like culture and leadership philosophy as well beyond the actual, just the nuts and bolts and science behind strength and conditioning. Um, and then like 20 in 2019, 2020, obviously everything in the world got pretty crazy with COVID and finding a job out of GCU was extremely hard. Um, jobs were few and far between because of COVID. Uh, and then two, like I was a 27 year old, 28 year old dad of two married with a wife, like going to work for a job for $32,000 a year with no benefits or $24,000 a year with no benefits. Uh, even like some of the even good jobs that are kind of entry level in the college level, like that are forty thousand dollars with benefits, like still is it's not easy with a family and stuff. And so, I we kind of took a leap of faith, decided to move to Idaho, where my wife's mom had just recently moved. Uh, we moved to Twin Falls, Idaho, and decided, you know what, like I'll just figure this out at the high school level. Like I'll just kind of go make it happen and figure it out. Um, when I got to Twin Falls, though, I didn't have a job. We, I was able to get on at a school teaching science, and I was teaching middle, middle school science and then working with their high school. It was Minico High School here in Idaho um, in the mornings and afternoons, and I was working with their athletes, driving about an hour from Twin Falls to Minico and trying to figure that out. And then the following year, about nine months later, I got I was able to get hired and start working as a full-time high school strength coach um, at Canyon Ridge High School in Twin Falls. So I was there at Canyon Ridge High School. Um, my roles, responsibilities is I taught six out of the seven periods. I had a prep period, obviously, but six class hours a day of strength conditioning. So it was very similar to the college level where they, I get the athletes for an hour and I get to do strength conditioning. Like they got a grade for participation and things like that, but that was very like simple. Like we got, I got sent all the athletes um, in the school. So I, it was, I was super blessed. They're a 4A school, so they're not huge. So, but I, I dealt with um, about 250 or so athletes a day, Monday through Friday for about 45 to 50 minutes per class period. Um, and then, yeah, that's where, that's where like I learned a lot because I was on an island now. I didn't have the resources as a GA, like at a D1 university, you have a ton of resources. You have like people you can lean on. I had some good friends that I could ask questions and stuff, but then at the high school level, you're on an island. And I, I had to learn a lot, how to figure out how to manage an entire high school program by myself, also manage ninth grade athletes and seniors that are getting ready for college um freshmen who have never played a sport in their life and never even touched a weight or even sniffed a weight room and then seniors that are like getting ready to play either division one or juco or um whatever college level athletics that they're trying to get ready for uh and then two on top of that manage like the multi-sport kids the kids that are trying to play club sports and the school sports the kids that and trying to it was a, it was drinking out a fire hose because it was, it was a lot at the first. And uh, I feel pretty confident now that I, like I can, I, I feel like I can manage that better. In uh, that first year, it was kind of like sink or swim. And then year two, I felt a lot better because I kind of taken that first year and developed some systems for the different athletes, different levels, the systems for programming, systems for 
working with multi-sport athletes for in-season and out-of-season athletes, and then working with the community and the coaches as well. So that's kind of who I am, where I've been. I, I just started this last month. Been here about a month now at Rigby High School. Rigby is across the state. It's in kind of southeast Idaho. It's uh, They're one of the biggest schools in the state. They've been super successful in a lot of sports. Some sports, not so much, but a lot of sports have been extremely successful. Um, and, and it's just a new challenge and exciting program to get started with. They're a bigger school with a few more resources. Not It's not a lot different, but the, just building from the ground up again. But the uh, one cool thing is that I had the experience at Canyon Ridge that I can kind of build on. Um, and then the, the college experiences as well that I can kind of build on. So that's kind of who I am. That's what I'm doing. And that's, that's where I've been. So I love Idaho, man. It is a cool place, but there is not a lot of high school strength and conditioning in Idaho. Um, and so that's another challenging in and of itself too so i also want to preface by saying that justin's also the nhssca's state coach of the year in idaho as well so um you know we're having a special guest on today as well but um going back to you know who you are and your background man i mean uh i can totally relate on some aspects maybe not being the dad and you know kind of going through the covid with you know two kids and trying to figure out a job, but the job searching aspect of it, I totally understand because strength and conditioning is still an uprising field in the high school realm. It, you know, it, I think it always will be maybe the next probably 10 years. Um, but having a full head strength and conditioning job in high school is very rare and it's very, very um, seldom to come by. So for you to actually land a spot and um, and now being at another school, man, being at two schools, being the head strength and conditioning, you know, coach at two different high schools, man. I mean, that's pretty special. Uh, well, and I think it's, it's unique cause it, it takes some building. So when I first got to Canyon Ridge, there's, there's a lot of coaches at the high school level that are walk-on coaches or they're, they're coaches that they don't work in the school. And so they're working there cause they love coaching. That's it. Like, but they're not most of the time, and it, this isn't like any disrespect to high school coaches, but most of the time they haven't worked with a strength and conditioning coach. Uh, even working with like an athletic trainer is a newer concept to a lot of those coaches that have been working in like AAU or working in travel ball or working uh, in club sports and stuff. So a lot of times like there's just a lack of like understanding who I am or what I do. So building the program the first year at Canyon Ridge was was difficult and getting people to understand like, hey, I'm here to help your athletes get stronger. Most of all, like I want your athletes to be as healthy as possible because the healthier your athletes are, the more your high minute players can play, the more success you can have. Because if your best players are on the court or field all the time, you're probably going to be more successful. Um, and so just building relationships and working on educating. Um, just communicating like this is what I am this is what I can do this is what I can provide that was probably the first hurdle or the biggest hurdle in my first year at Canyon Ridge and I know that's going to be that's what I'm working with this summer right now um and I I think that's a that's just a it's a route it's hard like for high school strength and conditioning coaches because most places like I think there's seven or eight of us in the state of Idaho that are kind of full-time strength coaches in a lot of aspects you kind of have to build it yourself <laughs> like um so what i what i also had to do is when i got here at in twin falls in canyon ridge high school i also had to do an alternative teaching education program to be a certified teacher because like you can't get paid uh as a strength and conditioning coach like the I, high school athletic departments don't have money like they don't have a bunch of extra money and there's some that are like but in Idaho, they're few and far between that have a lot of money to pay somebody extra to come in and be a strength coach. So the best way, it seems, at least in my mind, is to be also a PE certified teacher so that you can be in the weight room. And so I had to, even though I have a master's degree and bachelor's degree and stuff, and this is what I've been doing for prior to Canyon Ridge was three years straight of just strength condition work with athletes. Um, 
State Department of Education doesn't care. Uh, they, like, you have to be a certified teacher because of contracts, because of uh, negotiations and stuff, you have to be a certified teacher. So I had to, I had to do that as well the last couple of years. And so I think to get into the strength realm in the high school field, you kind of have to, you have to be able to do a lot and it's, it is a lot. You've got to do, um, you've got to do the education part on how to be a strength coach and run a room and do all of that and manage like all the things we've already talked about, but then to the PE certification and managing that as well. So it's being able to be so that you can be paid and you can like make a living. There's, there's a lot of aspects to it. So I think that's kind of part of it too, is you kind of have to build it yourself. I, I'm sure you've seen that. Like I talked to or listened to some of your um, other podcasts and guests and a guy I talked to last summer, actually, that he, he just, I was messaging him on Twitter and he let me call him was Monty Sparkman and down in Texas. And he's kind of been doing that same process of building it and showing people what he can do. And kind of now he's, I mean, now he's the man, like Monty's super looked up, but it's been a long process of hard work. He was working in special ed, was working in PE, was working and like he's kind of worked his way into a full-time strength condition coach role, but he had to build it himself really and had to build himself um, and then build that program. Um, but anyways, sorry, I don't want to get down too much of a rabbit hole, but I think at the high school level, it feels like, especially the last few weeks, I, my first day here at Rigby High School in the summer, we, we do summer training three days a week, uh, trying to provide it for as many athletes as possible. My first day, we only had about 100 kids. Most of those guys are football players because the football coach was super bought in. Hey, looks like he was helping me come into Rigby High School. Um, and now last week, we had 200 athletes. Um, and we averaged over 180 athletes uh, every day. And so now we're in week three already had 200 athletes on Monday, tomorrow and Thursday we'll train. Um, and if we, if we're all the kids, if every kid shows up, we'll have over 270 athletes. Um, but all I've done is like communicate with coaches. Hey, this is what's going to happen. These are the times I'm in the weight room and tried to build a framework and a structure for them to come in and then built a social media page because kids love social media and they communicate through it. Um, started sharing that started like working on posting a lot so kids see who I am what I'm doing and the more I've seen it the more the field of dreams mantra like if you build it they'll come it's the more it's started to just flow and happen so in three weeks gone from only about 100 150 kids a day to now over 200 kids a day uh, with the potential to be 250 270 kids or so coming through the weight room every day um, that we're doing training over the summer just because they're just starting to build it and they'll start to show up and roll uh, if you can build a good culture and build a program with somebody quality at the helm I think or at least just somebody experience at the helm right I think you can you can build that at the high school level but it does take it takes a lot of work so on the on on the coach's side of things absolutely man and I want to also say Monty you're the man um yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's goaded at this point. So, um, Monty, if you're listening, I appreciate you, man. Uh, on the other side of things, you're talking about like being a certified teacher inside of a school system. I I, I want to guess that you're at a public school. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So there's only a couple you, private in in Idaho. So. Yeah, so you got to have a teacher license in order to be inside of a weight room or be a certified PE teacher. And then what people don't really talk about is like the credentials part of it and the continued education part of it, because you got to be have continued education to be a licensed teacher. You got to have uh, your continued education to keep things like your CSCS. So if you got your CSCS, you got your PE uh, certification and then you got your teacher license. I mean, that's a lot to go inside a high school realm. But at the same time, like I think the high school realm is where it's the most impactful time. And I mean, that's kind of a cliche kind of statement, but it really is because you're starting with either freshmen that have no idea what they're doing or seniors that are just ready to go. And no one really kind of prepares you. There's no form of education 
that can really prepare you for high school strength conditioning. And there's a lot of things you got to figure out on the fly and critically think for yourself. And like you said, it's you versus 200, 250 athletes. I mean, there's some things that you're just, you're going to have to figure out on the fly, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The I think that the internships and stuff I did at the college level helped a ton because the coaching part of it, I was polished enough and decent at that. But then there's so much more, right? There's so much more that goes into the education stuff. So I think to prepare, if you want to go on the high school level, I think doing an internship or two at the at the college level is awesome. But then I think on the flip side, going into a classroom, even if it's just like a math or English history uh, teacher, professor, I going and learning like what classroom management looks like with 14-year-old kids, freshmen, right? Or um or even like high school seniors because they're two different animals at times and i think working trying to learn from both is is an awesome thing i super blessed to have a couple strength coaches in the area here in idaho that are super experienced that have been doing high school strength conditioning for a long time um and they've been super open and willing to let me come visit and learn from them and so that's been a huge benefit as well like last spring break, I went and spent a whole day with a coach at CUNA High School. His name's Josh Bravo. He's our regional director for the NHSSCA, and he's awesome. Like he runs a really, really, really good program. But I was also able to just see like what is he doing that I do, like, and kind of get some confirmation. Like, okay, that's I'm probably on the right track. And then also to see like, man, I need to try this or add this or, and we can we've been able to bounce ideas and stuff back and forth. Um, and learn. And I think that's, it's been a huge benefit to be part of the NHSSCA because there are at least a few of us that we can talk and communicate, learn from each other. But I, I think of the high school realm, get your strength conditioning experience, but also the teaching experience, I think is beneficial and, and, and helpful. I, there's no doubt for sure. Cause it is still, in most cases, you're still running like a class period as part of their class schedule. In a lot of cases, you're going to have to do grading and stuff. There are some super lucky coaches out there that they're part of like an athletic period or something. And they, they only, you work with them two or three days a week rather than five days a week. And it's not part of their class schedule, but they're coming to train with you during training blocks and stuff. And there's some programs like that at the high school level, but those are, those seem to be less. Uh, so being able to balance the two, kind of the teaching hat and the coaching hat is, is something that's you learn on the fly for sure. If you can, if you're trying to get into the high school level, if you can go shadow and work with somebody, I think that's ideal because it's it was something I was I was thrown off a lot in my first year. Yeah, absolutely, man. And um, I remember this quote from Missy Mitchell Macbeth, and she talked about like the weight room is a classroom, and you are technically a teacher inside that room. You're teaching progressions. You're teaching movements. You're teaching you know, lifelong skills that some of these kids are going to need, you know, post, you know, post being an athlete. And, um, you know, I think that's just a great, like, representation of, like, our job. Because, yeah, we are a strength coach, but we're also a teacher, right? We teach things. We teach our program. We teach movements. We teach progressions. We teach, you know, everything that these kids, these athletes need to, in order to be athletics. You know, to be athletic, to progress, and to be great at their sport. You know, to enhance their performance on the field. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Missy Mitchell McBeth, so I during COVID there was the High Performance Basketball Symposium. The Charles Stevenson's guy from the University of Utah, he runs it. He's now at UCF. Uh, he had Missy on. She was at the time uh, still working in the high school level full time. Uh, and so I was like searching for jobs and stuff. And she was the person that opened my eyes. Cause I was very like, I want to be a college strength coach. I don't want to go anywhere else. Like I, I always kind of like, I didn't know what high school looked like. So when she spoke and she, like she demonstrated, she did a bunch of stuff on progressions and how she approaches, um, high school strength conditioning and stuff. And that was like, that opened my eyes huge. Like that actually like started my idea, like maybe I could do this at the high school level beyond. I wouldn't just have to do this at the college level. 
because at that time I was only searching for jobs at the college level. Um, and so she kind of opened my eyes, which was a, a super cool thing. Cause now, I mean, I follow her on Twitter and stuff and she's like one of the more influential people out there in, especially in the high school strength condition. She's goaded. She's definitely yeah. goaded at this point. She's so awesome. yeah. Um, we're also going to talk a lot about like starting at a new place because you and I are in a similar situation to where, you know, we're walking into a brand spanking new program and a new school. So, um, and my first day was yesterday. So kind of got to observe, meet the kids, uh, everything like that, man. Um, so what are the kind of the first steps for you when you walk into the new building? Cause you know, you can't go in there and just change things and with guns blazing because you're not going to get pretty good uh, results that way. But um, what are like some of the first few steps that you do in order to kind of establish yourself in a new system? Uh, I feel lucky because I, my first couple of years at Canyon Ridge High School, my first few months, I, I came in guns blazing and was just no, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to do it. And I was very like, I know everything. Um, and I didn't do as good of a job as I should have building relationships and building kind of just setting the groundwork for myself. And so one thing I've done as much as possible in the last month or two is Texas called, met with the head sport coaches um, and just talked to them, had conversations with, hey, this is what I've been doing. This is what I do this is what I can hopefully provide and help your athletes with. And then asking them questions too, is what are your concerns? Like what are the things that have with your volleyball program or wrestling program or basketball program, what has been things that are holding you back or you felt you need help with? Um, and so w with being the new guy, my, my biggest thing is I think I've got to show that I can provide value that I am there to help you and take something off your plate. Um, and so those conversations and building a relationship like that has been huge. The same thing with administration too. So working with the principals, working with um, athletic director or directors to, to get an idea of what they want to see from their athletics program. Um, and so just gaining those relationships so that we can get on the same page and communicate. I think that's been the biggest thing. Just start with communication, build, build communication and build it to where they're fully on board. Cause if coaches get bought in, like the athletes are way more likely to get bought in. They're at least likely to get encouragement from a coach to show up. Right. And then those athletes, they start showing up and then they'll get bought in um, if you run a good program. And so I think in those first few months, especially over the last few weeks, I've seen it a lot. It's the more I can talk, meet with coaches. Um, first couple of weeks now of lifts, after a lift, like with the basketball program, I send the basketball coaches say, hey, lift went super well. We had 14 kids today. They did great. Um, or just give him feedback, right? Communicate as openly and as often as possible. Um, and then I think inviting those coaches to come see what you're doing in the weight room or on the field or on the track, wherever your plan is for that day, inviting them to come see, Hey, this is what I want to help you with this. Is how I can provide value and, and letting them see that you're there to take something off their plate, especially at the high school level. Most high school coaches, they plan practice every day. They plan their warm up. They plan some sort of conditioning or some sort of circuit or some sort of like whatever it may be. They plan the drills and conditioning. Um, they plan the practice and installing plays or installing like, or new techniques or new things that they're going to do, right? And so for me as a strength coach, if I can show them that they're not going to have to plan for an hour and a half of practice, they're only going to plan for an hour and 15 minutes because I'll take care of 15 minutes of the conditioning part or I'll take care of some of that stuff for them. Uh, it can be a huge weight off their shoulders and it can be, hopefully they'll see us as an asset right and it, and ultimately my goal is to be not only like i'm the director of strength and conditioning but i'm an assistant coach with every program like i'm an assistant track coach because i help with some form and technique in the weight room on tuesdays thursdays we do some sprint technique right or with the football program 
I'm helping them get in shape and condition wise and they don't have to do as much on the field. They can focus on that stuff on the field and in the weight room, we'll make sure they're ready. Right. And so showing that like we're an assistant on there and we're, I'm going to be just like you have an OC, a DC special teams coordinator. I'm going to run the strength conditioning. So it's one last thing you have to plan for and, and work with. Um, and so that's been, I think that's, that's the idea. Show how you can build value and then communicate as often as much as possible. Um, people don't really care how much you know or what, how good of a strength coach you are, unless like you're a good human and you can like build a good relationship and be a decent human that they want to like talk to. And they know, hopefully they know how much you care. You've got to show them, I love athletes. I want to make them better. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it comes from a genuine place. You know, it comes from, I want to help you. I want to help your athletes. This is not, you know, my program that I'm going to, you know, ride and die on this hill. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm here to help your athletes. I'm here to take weight off your plate. I'm here to provide value, like you said, because that's the whole reason why we're doing this. Um, you know, you got to show value, right? So if you come in and you tell them, well, I'm going to get them faster and going to get them stronger, then you better go get them faster and stronger, you know, Um, you know, and that's kind of the beauty of this field, because like you can provide immediate value, right? Especially at a place where you're starting at ground zero, because if a majority of athletes have never strength trained before, have never done any kind of speed, sprint work, max velocity conditioning zone two training you know anything like that it's a really high chance that you're going to provide a lot of value by just doing very basic things how to squat how to lunge how to hinge how to push how to press how to how to sprint man like a 10 yard fly with a five yard build in you know if you start implementing things like technology right so you got a light like you get a laser system and then you get gps and then you get iPads on the racks. And then you start adding a little bit and a little bit to that program. You know, you're providing value at that point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The So Cody Lockley in the University of Utah, like one of the first things is like he pounded in my head is like, you just, you have to do something that provides value. Like you just, the coaches don't care. They've got enough on their plate. Like, show them that you're there to help them don't be a burden ever right so don't ever be like hey i need this and don't you can't be needy you can't be um you can't be a burden on a coach's plate at all like you have to you have to find a way to provide value so for me like this summer it's been attendance so far um it's been working with a lot of kids that are banged up injured football camp started um end of may early june Right. So football camp started and kids are starting to get banged up and hurt and having tweaks and bangs. Uh, And so the biggest thing is like, all right, they're injured. Like they can't play today. Send them to the weight room with me and I'll give them some stuff to do that we can work on rehab, work on uh, hopefully getting them back out there on the field. But it's you've you're providing value. And two, like different coaches, that's going to be different things. You're uh, you're our volleyball coach, like one of the biggest things she wants her kids, she wants to build a culture. So for me, it's figuring out how to get them motivated and excited to be there with the football kids though. They have a great culture. Like they, our football program here at Rigby high school has won three of the last four state championships and won two back-to-back five AC championships. Five is our biggest division in Idaho. And they're, they're very good. The returning Gatorade player of the year is our quarterback. Like we're, poised to hopefully do well this year as well and so they have a different like my value isn't in providing culture for them and building buy-in like they have that so now it's keeping kids healthy and hopefully making their good athletes great and helping them get to great by helping introduce like some more mobility some more speed some more um strength right and and so i think that's one of the biggest things too that i've learned about the high school level that was it was present at the college level, but more so at the high school level because these aren't all elite athletes. It's meeting kids where they're at and helping them build to like maximize their potential as much as possible. Um, but there's a variety of ways you got to do that, and it depends 
completely on what program you're working with and it depends on the kid individual kid too yeah absolutely and you mentioned something a little bit earlier that i want to touch on like you're in basically an extension of the coaching staff so if you if you know like you're saying the volleyball coach wants culture right it's your job as an assistant coach to provide that to establish what that's exactly going to look like inside of that program as well um but i just think as well you know just like an assistant coach for a sport um you know you would do things just because without being told to as as well you know if um like this happened the other day if the football staff is going to go paint the field for a 707 tournament or you know for their game field or whatever you know i think some value in well i'm not being asked to do this i'm not a football coach but i'm gonna go do that for the football staff right um the same thing on like game days for like the volleyball team like i'm not at i'm not a volleyball coach but i'm gonna fill the waters for the girls um you know i'm going to take out some portion of the head coach's job or you know one of the responsibilities put it on myself so you know they can focus on you know the game the 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 strategies the tactics of their sport rather than worry about well I got this to do on game day, and then I got to do this. It's like, well, that's immediate feedback that we could do as coaches as well. Yeah, I, you touched on an incredible point. Uh, it sounds like that's something you started or you, you're trying to do, right? It's like, man, what can I do to help? Um, and not just asking, what can I do to help? Because I think that's like a good sentiment. Like, what can I do to help you, coach? But nobody ever is telling you what you could do. It's, it's more like seeing the need and just go fill it. Um, and I, I think that that's just a huge one being present, but then two, if you can find a need and go fill it, it's, that's a cool thing. So at Grand Canyon university, I was super lucky to, to travel with their, their swim team, uh, which isn't common at all for a GA to travel with a team, but I traveled the swim team because they needed another driver for Vans. So like. I was a paid coach that could drive vans when we went to away meet. So we're, I was driving a 12 person passenger van with 10 swimmer, swimmers around Seattle or Houston, like, because they needed it. And it's, you can fill a role. And the only reason they knew that, that I could do that and I could go fill that role is because I just went to practice as much as I could. Like, even though I was just standing on the deck and I don't know anything about swimming. Like I, I'm not a good swimmer at all never competed in it, but I just went stood on deck because I wanted to one, know like what their training looked like there. And I felt like I could learn things as a strength coach just by observing. But then I was present enough for them to think, oh, like, Birch, like, could you come to, could you come to Seattle with us? Like, we got to have a driver. We don't have enough people coming with us. Um, and so just by being present, I think that's huge, right? So even if you don't fill the water bottles for those volleyball players, just you popping in and hanging out for 10 minutes, like checking in with the ATC, like, Hey, who's got, who's bumped and injured or bruised? Like who's got what, who's hurt, who's, who's doing well, maybe checking in with an assistant coach or the head coach, like, Hey, what do you like? What do you see? Anything I can do in the weight room that would help you right now on the court. Um, and just having those conversations, being present for 10 to 15 minutes. I, I think that's huge. I, with, the last school at Canyon Ridge High School in the fall, I worked as a full-time football assistant coach. Um, and I worked as a full-time assistant wrestling coach. And I worked as a full-time assistant track coach. And I wasn't able to do that at all. So when I came into Rigby, I told them, I'm not coaching any sports. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to soccer practice in the fall a couple days a week. I'm going to go to football a couple days a week. I'm going to go to volleyball a couple days a week. I'm going to go try to check in with cross country a couple of days a week. And I'm going to go maybe spend a half hour with the boys soccer team and a half hour with the girls soccer team. And then the next day I'll spend an hour with the football team with their JV, their varsity, their freshmen. And then I'll go check in on volleyball. Um, and then I want to be able to go to volleyball games. I want to go to soccer games. I want to go to football games. And like, I think that's a huge providing value just to be another body to do things like, man, you need to fill water bottles or, with wrestling tournaments at my last school, it was always we needed help setting up tournaments, right? Like getting mats rolled out, getting things set up, or 
just anything like that you can provide value. I think that's huge. Um, and a relationship at the high school level that I've cultivated a lot is working with the AD because they, they, they do a lot on their own. A lot of times at high schools, ADs are the ones that are setting up everything by themselves and they're doing all that. And so as a strength coach, because you're working with all the athletes, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to go help the AD with some of those menial tasks to take something off his plate too, or her plate. And I think a crucial part of that as well is to seeing the need and doing it. You know, yeah. if the AD is setting up, you know, nets by themselves or the volleyball coach is setting up a net by, you know, by herself or whoever, you know, you should have that almost like a second nature or a sixth sense of like, I need to go do that or I need to, you know, they need help. I'm going to do it without being told to because that, that now that comes from a genuine place. This comes from a place of you care enough to do the little things right. And I know everyone's got, you know, their own take on, like, you know, the little things and, you know, everything like that. But, like, you know, those little things, those little victories start to add up after a little while. You know, you kind of get this reputation of, well, this strength coach really cares about me. He doesn't really care or he or she doesn't really, you know, just put their life and soul inside the weight room or on the field, you know, doing sprint work. You know, they're genuinely here to help improve all athletics whether that's you know filling the water bottles whether that's setting up nets whether that's setting up chairs you know for a basketball game or anything like that man you know there's no role too big or too little for a coach for us as strength coaches to do yeah can i ask you uh because just brings to mind like question i think i've had conversations with people um because we're i mean as a high school strength coach we're we're paid plenty for our needs and stuff and we're we're taken care of right because i mean teacher salaries aren't bad like it's not i don't think it's bad at least i don't struggle at least i i can provide for my little family we have i have benefits and things like that um and there's opportunity for growth as a teacher right with the teacher salary and contract but there's a lot of time so all these things that you're talking about right those take a lot of time like you could be at the school from 6 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night if you're doing all those things all the time. So I'm just curious because like you've talked to a lot of people. Uh, you've been doing it for a few years. And like, what do you do to keep balance and keep a work-life balance? So how do you keep from becoming the person that they just always call on and you're just like, because you feel this need to help those programs, but how do you stop yourself from becoming the guy that sets up things every single volleyball game all year, right? Or how do you come, how do you stop yourself from being overworked, overused, like burnt out because you're, you're at the school from, from six in the morning till, till late, late at night, right? How do you, how do you balance things? Cause I think, it, I think it's like setting some boundaries for yourself. It, even like as a teacher, and you got to deal with parents and you get emails and then you get texts and, you, you know, it, the list goes on. I think it's just find some boundaries for yourself. So last year I told the kids, I said, look, after 430, that's it. Like, if you email me, I'm not responding to Monday. Right. Or if you email me Thursday at, let's say, five, it's like I'll email you, you back that next following day. And I, that's really worked out for myself. Now, on the aspect of being a strength coach and, you know, having all these, like, little tasks to do or little roles to fill, um, I think it's the same way. You know, establishing yourself is like, I'll be here till 5 o'clock. You know, if you need anything done, you know, I'll be around. But after 5 o'clock, I'm going home. I'm being the husband. I'm being the father. I'm being the wife. I'm being the mother. You know, because you're your home life is a lot more important than your work life. And that's kind of how I would, my, for myself, how I establish myself. It's like, I would do anything for you, but I am a husband first and a family man first. You know, you know I, I love athletics. I love what I do. I love the weight room. I love athletes, but I love my home life more. Yes, I, I think that goes back to like the previous conversation where 
you kind of asked about like how mm -hmm. have I set up or started at a new school. One of those things I try to do as much as possible is just under promise everything. Like under promise so that when I do fill a step up, fill a role, like that's me over delivering and and hopefully people like that and and are are happy that I was able to help them. But the making sure I'm not promising I'm gonna be there till late at night. I'm not gonna be at every volleyball game, I'm not gonna be every softball game, soccer game, whatever it is, right? And making sure like they know like what my schedule I hey, I'll be after school, school ends at about four. I'll be here till five every day, like you're saying, but I'm I'm going home after. Um and I think that's been that's been one thing that I've had to change my mindset coming into a newer school because there was a lot at my last school the last two years where I was getting there early because a kid needed to lift before school and I didn't have it in me to say no I can't like so I woke up extra early and did extra to make sure he was there he was able to lift but then I was also doing stuff after school and extra with these other programs and sports and stuff. Um, and so I, I try to make it clear with my new school and with the administration and stuff, Hey, they, I'm going to be around a lot, but I'm not promising anything like this isn't, I'm not guaranteeing anything. This is my plan. And I, I did that when I came into here and I think it's useful and probably be useful to a lot of coaches as I wrote out like a template of what a high school strength coach would look like. So I wrote out what my typical day would look like, including like what kind of classes I would teach, what my prep hour, what I would do on my prep hour, um, what I'll do before and after school, whether that's like some off-season training or um, with working with a sport and the athletic trainer um, after school as well. And so I kind of set that out and made this, this, it was like four pages long of this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to provide this is what I'm here. This is what I'll promise. Right. Um, and then like anything extra will be cake on top, but like they know exactly what to expect from me. They know I'm going to be there till five most days. Um, except Fridays. Cause I was clear, like Fridays after school, like I'm, I'm going to go be a dad and like have my weekend. Right. Um, and so on there too, though, like with that, cause I think this is something that a lot of strength coaches deal with, and I hope this resonates with some people, is that they feel like they're working two or three hours beyond their contracted teaching hours, right? And they're not getting paid for it in most cases. So what I what I did is like I I took the and I got this idea from Josh Bravo and Kuna, but I took the average assistant coach job at this high school, averaged it out their salary for being an assistant coach in the fall winter spring and then i average that out and i just propose that i get paid because i'm going to stay after school from school ends at four till about five five thirty i'm going to stay after school every day year round just propose to also get paid like an assistant um, and that seemed to like go over really well and our the athletic directors and principal were like oh yeah that makes sense if you're going to be here and you're going to do that because uh, that was helpful to me because I feel valued. I can tell my wife like, hey, I'm there. I'm not just working for free. I'm not just volunteering. Um, but then two, I have boundaries really clearly set. So there's a couple of things like that. I was hopefully a couple of boxes I'm checking. Like one, I want to feel valued, not overworked, right? It's a lot easier to feel like I'm not getting the gas out if I'm not completely volunteering. But also like uh, there's a reason for me to be there. The boundaries are clear. This is, I'm almost like a, I have a very clear schedule and what I'm going to do. Uh, and I, that seems to be, it's just, it's set the groundwork here in my conversations with our ADs and our principal to be like, everybody's really clear on what I'm doing and why I'm here. Um, there was, there was a lot in my last school where I felt so overworked and overwhelmed and burnt out. Cause there was, I mean, there's just days where I, I didn't, I mean, there was, multiple days in a row where I didn't even see my daughter because she was at school while I was working. And like, I would get home after she went to bed and leave before she woke up. And so to balance things, but also feel valued and have my wife buy in to be, to me having my life revolve around being the strength condition coach with at this school, there'll be total about 350 to 400 athletes that 
hopefully I'm working with. Um, it's and so making sure that that's like a parameters and, and boundaries that are set, but then also then knowing exactly what I'm going to provide um, has been super helpful so far. Yeah, and it's very easy to kind of get sucked in into, well, we're going to do this here, and then, and then this needs to be done, and then I got to do this, and then you're there till 7, 8 o'clock, and then, you know, it, you're getting home late, and then you're not, you know, present at home anymore. And, you know, I found myself like that when I coached track last year, being the head track coach, because, you know, you know it's about as good as I do. These meets are long. And so when you start having have five, six, seven, eight meets, you go to regionals, you go to sectionals, if you're blessed enough to go to state, I mean, those are at least six hours long. And that's that's if they're moving through all the events in a very orderly fashion. Yeah. yeah. In a very orderly fashion, which most of the time is not going to happen. So you're uh, there probably eight, ten hours, sometimes 11, 12, you know, till midnight. You, you, you drive back to the school, you drive back home, you're there like one thirty, two o'clock, yeah. And then you got to go to work the next day. So it's yeah. very easy to kind of get sucked into that life. Mm -hmm. And then, so this is all like the conversation or I guess I'm just rambled a lot. I'm sorry. I haven't asked a lot of questions. I should. But the one thing I talked about at the very start is like at Canyon Ridge, my first year, I built kind of I started to develop systems for when things come up or systems for what I'm going to do when something happens so then in year two started to really like implement those so some of those systems right is i we my athletes know we're going to sprint usually uh and depending on if they have a game that day or not but usually we're going to sprint on mondays and thursdays where like we're gonna our main priority is sprinting um with maybe some lifting mix in at the end for 10 to 15 minutes but it's usually in a 45 50 minute class or sprinting almost the whole time um, or working on sprint mechanics and drills and techniques and then my athletes knew what tuesday wednesdays fridays looked like as well uh, and so that was like clear they knew what to expect so like there was a system right we had a we managed our time in a certain way we had a warm-up system we had a injured athlete i had a binder system that i used so uh, with a kid that has an injury, they had a sheet in a binder that was set for them to build off of and work off of every day. Um, and so instead of, cause this happened all the time in my first year, it was like, oh crap. Like yesterday at the volleyball game, Maddie rolled her ankle. Uh, I'm going to have to work on her ankle a little bit, doing some rehab, give her some rehab exercises tomorrow. Um, so instead of that, she goes to the folder. She's got her system and set, everything is already set up for her. Kind of like, I think it's uh, the Lee Weber. He's got his plan B workouts. Like if you have an issue, right, you go to your plan B workout. Um, and those, that, like that system worked really well. Because instead of kids coming to me, like this happens probably you all the time. Like it happened to me a lot. The start of a class or the start of a session, they'd be like, Hey, I can't do anything with my shoulder. I jacked it up at wrestling practice yesterday. Be like, great. Well, we were supposed to bench today. So now I've got to figure out on the fly in the next two minutes what you're going to do today. Um, so instead of having that happen all the time, like the, I had a system in place for those emergency times when the kids got something happen. And then I had a system for like, they know what we're going to do. And we had a, like our warm ups and stuff were set up. Like we were very methodical. Now, not that we didn't vary things and keep things fresh and like fun, but there was a system in place. Our kids knew it, uh, especially by year two, they understood it. They knew how to read their lift sheet, their lift cards. Um, and the education part takes a lot of education. It takes a lot of time. But I think if you could, the more systems you can develop, then you can plug and play kids. Because then the senior that's been doing that system for a couple of years, can help the freshman that's never done it and we can help bring each other up too. And then I have a bunch of assistant coaches that are helping me um, because they've been in the system in the program for a few years. So they know exactly what it looks like and what the day looks like. And they can kind of, they can help me run things too. Cause it is as hectic as we've talked about. 
And so I think that was something too, it's just developing systems rather than always being overwhelmed with the newest struggle and only dealing with little things at a time, building a system for all those little things that are going to come up. You got to have a system, man. You know, yeah. if you can't walk into a weight room and kind of, I guess, shotgun approach it, right? This is <laughs> just, this is what we're going to do today. You know, there's always going to be things that come up like that. So that that's pretty awesome, man. Um, let's go ahead and start wrapping things up here. So last segment here is called Conjugate Coach Spotlight. This is where, um, you know, you're going to highlight a specific person or a specific coach in the industry of strength conditioning that's really making the impact. Oh, uh, I think that's tough. So specifically at the high school level, I think that Josh Bravo here in Idaho um, is the man. I, I've been really, really blessed to be able to text, call, and communicate with him and talk to him a lot and just learn from him and what his experience has been. Um, and he's just got, he's got 10 plus years of experience with, at a really high level with high school strength conditioning. Um, he runs an awesome program. He's at CUNA High School. He does a really good job too of social media, uh, like rank record and publishing all of his athletes um, when they do things well and like setting a standard for his program and culture and his teams. But then he's too, like, if you talk to him, like he's super knowledgeable when it comes to program and working with these young 14 to 18 year old athletes and knows he knows the science the reasons why he's doing that what he's doing uh, can explain clearly why what he's doing will benefit somebody so any any strength coach in this specific northwest area that wants to learn from somebody i think josh bravo is the man i think he's he's awesome and it would be a super good resource for for anyone really um at the college level, I mentioned him a few times, but the, he's just the, he's the ultimate teacher. Like he is the man is a guy named Cody Lockling is the director of strength and conditioning for Olympic at the university of Utah. He's been there for almost 20 or 20 plus years now. Um, he's like, man, the smartest guy. He's not on social media at all. He's not on like, doesn't do any of that. I asked him multiple times. I was like, Hey, why aren't you on social media? Why aren't you like helping people? And he feels like he can help the most by pouring into his interns um, and assistants. And he does an awesome job of that. Um, and so if you're ever in Utah or around Utah or have the chance, Cody Lockling is, I think he's like a hidden gem in the strength and conditioning space that a lot of people could learn from. He's got experience with every single sport. Um, and and it's just, a he's a genius when it comes to like, heart rate monitoring and gps but he's also a genius when it comes to like super developmental athletes and rehab and like he just is he's the man like he knows more he's forgotten more than i've ever learned uh, super energetic super awesome guy so those two guys i think at, at both levels at the college and high school level would be the guys that i would i would spotlight and if you're unfamiliar with them look into them uh, i think they're they're incredible awesome justin well, I want to thank you again for being on the Conjugate Chats and, you know, kind of giving us uh, some more insight into, like, how to step into a new program and what does that work-life balance kind of look like and how to set boundaries and what to establish, you know, when walking to a new school and setting up systems and everything like that, man. It's completely awesome. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the, the opportunity. And, yeah, man, I appreciate the opportunity to learn. Absolutely. And that is another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also, follow Justin on his social medias as well. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today.
Most people on here are either strength coaches or aspiring strength coaches. Um, for those that are aspiring strength coaches out there, um, I set up a Gumroad account, a uh, store even, to provide value back into the field of strength conditioning. Starting with, um, I have study guides on there. Uh, for anyone that's not past the CSCS or is going to take the CSCS. Um, these are study guides that I've developed over the last three years that I've used in my attempts to pass the CSCS, and I wanted to bring that value here to our podcast. So if you will go to the link in the description of this episode, you'll see a link to my Gumroad in which you can purchase or just download for free um, the study guides for CSCS, a couple of my guides for in-season uh, in training, and also um, a couple of our products in there as well. Again, thank you for listening in on the Conjuring Chats, and thank you for your continuous support. <laughs> 